This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. I am your host, Marquis Vandemark, and it's a rainy day here in the Midwest. We're glad you're with us. Thanks for joining us this morning on this Friday, July the 8th, 2022. If you haven't subscribed yet to our podcast, you can run over to AffirmAmerica.com, sign up. You can also watch the 2,000 Mules is still playing over there, free of charge. Today is your top five headlines for this Friday, June the 8th. Thanks for joining us. Our headline number five, confidence in presidency dwindles, inflation surges, and Biden continues blaming Putin. When in doubt, blame Putin. From the Washington Post, the American people's confidence in the presidency has plummeted 15 points on President Biden's watch, falling to 23%, according to a new Gallup poll, its lowest point on record. One of the many reasons for this collapse is the worst inflation in four decades. And Biden learned this week that inflation is probably not going to ease anytime soon because Americans have barely touched the trillions in excess savings they have built up, thanks in large part to his catastrophic American rescue plan. One of the main reasons inflation is skyrocketing is because Biden's first act as president was to pass nearly $1.9 trillion in social spending disguised as pandemic relief, sending millions of Americans stimulus checks, providing the largest child tax credit payment ever, and extending ludicrously generous unemployment supplements that paid many Americans more to stay home than to work. The additional spending was completely unnecessary. Congress had just passed a $9 hundred billion dollar economic stimulus package in December of 2020 on top of all the earlier COVID-19 relief measures Congress had approved. From the town hall, Ducey, why do you think 88% of Americans think the country is on the wrong track? KJP, the press secretary, the president understands what the American people are going through. He understands that gas prices are high because of Putin's tax Height. So here's KJP in her own words. Why do you think it is that 88% of people in this country, polled by Monmouth, think the country is on the wrong track? So I'll say this the president understands what the American people are going through. He understands that gas prices are high um, because of Putin's tax hike, because of the war that Putin, the brutal war that Putin has um, taken on in, in Ukraine and their brave fight to fight for their democracy. That's what we're seeing here. And also the food insecurity, the food cost has skyrocketed. And that's why the president has done everything that he can uh, to blunt those high prices. Okay, so there you go. This is uh, the blame game by Joe Biden, always blaming it on someone else, never taking responsibility for his own actions, his own policies. Uh, Spoken at the press secretary's podium every day. She just continues to 
pass the buck and blame everybody else. Everybody knows that the Putin gas hike is just another straw man, just another way to pass the buck and blame it on someone else. It has a lot to do with his energy policies, his spending. These are all things that contribute to inflation and the high costs, and they want to try to divert and accuse somebody else, and it's not working. The American people know exactly what's going on. Once the midterms get here, we know what to do. All right, headline number four. Biden administration suffers from a crisis of confidence. Marked by massive turnover in the White House, lack of communication with allies, and out-of-touch comments made by both president and VP. From ABC News, a week notable for the relative absence of Joe Biden from the national conversation has been filled, in part by Democratic grumbling about the White House and about who could fill any perceived void. Biden was in campaign mode in classic battleground Ohio on Wednesday. He was there not to attack inflation or join the fight on abortion rights or gun control, but to tout progress on protecting pension plans, a vanishing benefit that's critical to labor unions, but not many other core constituencies in 2022. What he has been hearing back in Washington on the day the White House announced that communications director Kate Benningfield will be leaving her post has been about terrible polling numbers and souring perceptions of his ability to turn things around for his party in the next four months. Ed Morrissey, this is, in effect, the final phase of a massive collapse in confidence and credibility. Democrat voters are beginning to pull away from Biden now, and with them, any hope of midterm Democratic incumbents from getting the kind of turnout they need to survive. In retrospect, it's easy to see from polling that the disastrous and craven retreat route from Afghanistan triggered a confidence crisis cascade among the general electorate. I predicted as much as in September of last year when polls suddenly put Biden broadly underwater, which meant that his credibility on other issues had been damaged, if not destroyed entirely. And then inflation made that collapse even worse, thanks to Biden's continued efforts to find someone, anyone, to blame other than himself. That combined with a complete inability to plan strategically or prepare for the obvious consequences of Biden's policy choices, have sapped the rest of the remaining confidence out of independent voters over the last few months. Yeah, so this has just continued the last uh, headline. uh, Everything's being blamed on someone else, and it's not uh, him taking responsibility. This is classic Biden. He's always been someone that always blames someone else. That's been his game as a politician. He's never taken responsibility. He's always been on the wrong side for his entire career on on foreign policy issues, on anything that on the right side of history, he was opposed to it. And now we're seeing the devastation, the worst president we've ever seen. His poll numbers are lower than Jimmy Carter. And as a result of that, his party is completely in shatters. Even the independents are running for cover. And it's going to be a massive wave in November. So it can't come any sooner so that we can put a stop to this and we can get America back on track because right now it is in a very, very dismal situation. 
All right, headline number three. Texas Governor Abbott instructs state authorities to return illegal immigrants to border. From the Daily Wire, Texas military and law enforcement forces will begin returning illegal migrants to the U.S. border, potentially setting up a legal battle with the Biden administration. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Republican, issued an executive order on Thursday authorizing the Texas Department of Public Safety and the National Guard to arrest migrants caught entering the state illegally along the U.S.-Mexico border and transport them to ports of entry. Under federal law, only federal agents are empowered to enforce immigration law. Governor Abbott, while President Biden refuses to do his job and enforce the immigration laws enacted by Congress, the state of Texas is once again stepping up and taking unprecedented action to protect Americans and secure our southern border, said Governor Abbott. The cartels have become emboldened and enriched by President Biden's open border policies, smuggling in record numbers of people, weapons, and drugs like fentanyl. I have authorized the Texas National Guard and Texas Department of Public Safety to begin returning illegal immigrants to the border to stop this criminal enterprise endangering our communities, continued Governor Abbott. As the challenges on the border continue to increase, Texas will continue to take action to address those challenges caused by the Biden administration. Well, it's about time the governor got on the stick for that situation because we all have been seeing this happen now for over a year and a half. And it's just absurd that uh, we're in a situation like this where people are just pouring across our border and not anyone is concerned about it. So kudos to Governor Abbott. And let's just hope that uh, he's got the guts to continue even when the Biden administration comes after him. I'm sure the DOJ is going to uh, jump all over him. And it's going to be a big battle, but uh, they have to do what they have to do. I mean, it's their border. It's their communities. They're the ones that are experiencing all the, the crime and all the upheaval and disunity and disharmony in their own communities as a result of these open border policies. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it, and let's hope that this begins the process of closing the southern border. All right, headline number two. Army training requires men must shower with trans men even if they have not yet transitioned. The woke military initiative is transforming us into a laughing stock. From Breitbart, an army training slide obtained by Breitbart News instructs soldiers to shower with transgender members of the opposite sex even if they have not undergone a surgical transition. The training slide offers a Big Net instructing soldiers on what to do if they encounter a female soldier who identifies as male according to the Department of Defense personnel tracking systems known as Defense Enrollment Eligibility Reporting System, but has not surgically transitioned and still has female genitalia. Daybreak Daily. Officer Tatum takes time out to set the record straight. Facts first, feeling second, Discipline, hard work, speak truth, build character. Okay, so uh, we got big problems in the military. Uh, they're not hitting their recruiting numbers. People don't want to join the military because it's become woke and because it's become so weird and strange. China's laughing at us, and uh, this issue really needs to get straightened out. The military is not the place to be practicing social engineering. It, this is a place where you build a military force that defends our national interests 
and they're there to basically for the purpose of war, to protect and to break things. Again, it's just a, a representation of where the Democrats are and the administration. It comes from the top. The commander-in-chief sets the tone. And until he's changed and until we vote out all the far-left woke crowd of the Democrats, then we're going to have to continue all of these absurdities, and we're going to be continue to see our nation in peril as a result of a very weak and very woke government. All right, headline number one. Shinzo Abe, 67, Japan's longest-serving and best-known former PM, has died after being shot earlier today. Gunman Tetsuya Yamagami, 41, blasted Mr. Abe, 67 years old, around 11.30 a.m. in the city of Nara as Japan's longest-serving prime minister gave a campaign speech ahead of elections on Sunday. He was rushed to the hospital with wounds to his heart and neck, and died from massive blood loss shortly after 5 p.m. Yamagami shot Mr. Abe twice with a homemade shotgun made out of two pieces of pipe attached to a wooden board with a grip and electronic firing mechanism fitted underneath. It is not clear what kind of ammunition or gunpowder he used. Detectives raiding his home revealed an arsenal of homemade pistols and possible explosives, which were taken them away to be disposed of. Yamagami has also told police that he manufactured multiple handguns, which are otherwise illegal to own in Japan. It is not known how exactly Yamagami learned to make the weapons or explosives, but he is a veteran of the country's defense forces, having served in the Navy between 2002 and 2005. He has admitted to the shooting, telling police he wanted to kill Abe because he was frustrated with the former leader, though insists the grudge was not related to his politics. Okay, so this is a big blow. The former prime minister was a very conservative leader. He really was putting Japan on the right track, opposing all the far-left ideas that have infiltrated even uh, Japan, Japanese uh, culture and government. He was a very good friend of Donald Trump. They spoke uh, consistently and many times while uh, he was president. And it's a very big loss for everyone all around the world. It's a big tragedy, and it's very, very unfortunate. So our prayers go out to his family, his wife, and to all the Japanese people on this horrific day of Prime Minister Abe being assassinated. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Friday, July the 8th, 2022. Thanks for joining us on uh, today's Affirm America podcast, and we will see you on Monday. Have a wonderful day, wonderful weekend. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.